Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Most of the time, I usually tell you, if you have your Bibles, open it up to whatever, right? It's how I start every single service, but I told you today was going to be different because I'm not going to ask you to open up your Bible. I'm not going to read any passages from the Bible. We are going to do something drastically different. It's probably the strangest, uh, and not that it's going to be weird or anything, but I've never really done anything like this. So um, there's a couple of things that you need to know. First off, uh, whenever I was two years old, uh, me and my mom and dad uh, lived on a ranch, in, our family ranch, in, uh, between Pecos and Fort Stockton, Texas, a little farm, uh, community called Kino. so we had 42 sections there. And my dad had it fully stocked with cattle. He was running the ranch, and life was grand. And one day, his grandmother, my great-grandmother, called him and said, meet me in town, I'll buy you lunch. Well, you know, cowboy's always up for a good lunch, so he met her in town, and after dinner, she said, well, uh, you got two weeks to get off the ranch. I sold it. Surprise. And so my dad had to find a new career instead of being a cowboy. He went into law enforcement, and he was in law enforcement for 14 years from the time I was two years old until I was about 16 years old. And when I uh, was 16, my dad decided that he no longer wanted to be the elected sheriff of Reagan County. There was too much politics for an old ranch cowboy. And so he resigned and gave it to somebody else that would put up with the bull. And he went out and started working bulls. Uh, he got a job on the Rockerby Ranch. And that's where my love of cowboy and kind of back to my uh, family roots of, of ranching and stuff, that's where it, it came into and it was kind of all of a sudden now I had horses we did the 4-H thing the little play days run barrels flags and uh, stuff like that but uh, I'd never really worked on a ranch so here I am I'm thrust into it dad had done it his whole life but it's kind of new as a 16 year old and 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 I was out there uh one time helping them, and it was during shipping season, and during shipping season is when you pull the, the calves off the cows and you sell the calves and, and all of that stuff. Well, we were pulling calves off of the cows, and then we were going to take all the calves from a bunch of different pens into a big pen that the next day, like, 15 trucks were going to come. So we were going to have to haul all these, you know, three and four and five and six weight uh, calves out to... Uh, out to another set of pins. And so everybody's working, and the first cowboy, he goes and gets his, his little single cab Ford pickup with the gooseneck on it, and he backs it up, and we load him full of calves, and then the next cowboy goes and does it, and then it's Dad's turn. Well, Dad is doing something for the wagon boss, and so Dad gets the keys out of his pockets, and he throws them to me, and he says, go back that trailer up. Now, unless you were born on a ranch or really did a lot of rodeoing and stuff, there is an art to backing up a trailer to a set uh, to an alleyway because you can't. And the thing was, this loading chute was about five feet from a fence. Okay, so there is no room for error. So anyway, I go in there, and you know, one overriding quality that every cowboy has is an overinflated set of self-confidence. 
You know, it, it, we, we just born with this. Uh, yeah, I can do this. So I get in there. And you can always tell somebody that don't know how to back a trailer up when they get in and they pull up and they kind of got it right and they turn around and look back. They don't know how to back a trailer, okay? I'm just telling you. I ain't trying to step on toes or nothing. But that's what I did. And it don't work. That old trailer was doing like this, and, and, and I had to pull forward, and I'd try to back up and everything. And I got like eight ranching work. Ranch cowboys, good cowboys, waiting on me. And you want to talk about feeling embarrassed. I was mighty embarrassed because, I mean, I could ride a horse good and, you know, I mean, I could swing a rope and throw it, but usually I just chased the critter long enough till it stood there and then I, you know, roped it and nobody knew any better. So I could get that done. But while people are waiting, backing that trailer up was uh, finally after about 10 minutes to my shame, I got out and had to hand the keys to another cowboy for him to do it. And you want to talk about that overinflated self-confidence goes like a balloon. <laughs> the good thing was is all the other ranch cowboys were very, very nice about it, and they clowned me all day long. <laughs> because that's what happens when you cowboy. If you get your feelings hurt very easily, do not go work on a ranch, okay? Do not, I mean, I'd be doing something and somebody would walk by and go, beep, 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 shut up, you know? I mean, yeah, the, I, I, don't, I don't remember everything they called me, but they gave me a hard time. You know, they're like, hey, you want to try it again there, Slick? You know, no, but when I got home that day, it was like 6 o'clock in the evening. We unloaded the horses, and supper was getting ready. And I went out there, and I got in that ranch truck. And I backed, I bet I burned a half a tank of gas backwards. Because I wasn't ever going to let that happen to me again. There's just some things like back in a trailer that when somebody says, what does it take to be a cowboy? Now, I mean, a cowboy you know, usually if you're a cowboy, and, and, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not leaving you cowgirls out, but some of the best cowboys I know are girls, okay? So if you want to be a cowboy, one of the overriding qualities isn't your dress. It's you do stuff with cows, cowboy, right? But you know, nobody ever says, I'm going to go home and work on back in my trailer. But I guarantee you, you get clowned once or twice and, and, and you feel ashamed of something, you'll go home and you will practice it. I guarantee you. Well, yesterday we hauled a bunch of cows, and uh, I, I've got a, a new used pickup that I got, and and we went and borrowed Gary's trailer, and it's kind of a long trailer, and uh, I'm not used to the mirrors or anything, so as I'm going to get in my truck to back up to the alley, um, I'm a little bit nervous because, I mean, I've got permanent anxiety now, right? And my wife says I'm the best backer-upper that she's ever seen. Well, I had shoulder surgery about three weeks ago, but I didn't want to wear my, my brace because it, it ends up hurting me. So anyway, when I got out, nobody said it was supposed to snow and I just had a vest on, but I stuck my old hand in my vest. So it was kind of like a sling. And uh, Ty's gonna back up first. And so he starts pulling up and he kind of gets lined up and he starts backing up. And there's a couple of things you need to know about backing up. It takes two people. It takes one to do the backing and one to do the guiding, okay? You can do it by yourself, but it just gets into a wreck, and you got to get it perfect. If it's too far over, the cows can get out, or they try to get out, and, and if you're too far forward, you just got to get it right. Well, there's a couple of guiding methods 
okay, that you need to be made aware of. You, you just got the shaking method, you know, where they're just like, they're just doing a lot of moving, and you really don't know what any of it means. You know, they're going this and this, and, and if you can't see the thumb, you don't really know what it is. You know, so, so I start this, right, which is dumb because Ty knows he has to back up. I don't know why we do this, but everybody does it. Come on, come on back, we're good. Dang, I didn't know we were supposed to back up. So anyway, so I'm telling him to back up, and I can sure now every time somebody does it, you'll think that, right? And somebody's pulling, you know, come on, come on, come on. And I remember, I got, I'm not supposed to move my shoulder, right? And so I got my hand in my pocket, and I'm backing him up. Well, you know, there, there's that little deal of, you know, they'll, they'll do the big means fast and then slow. And then, like you can really see that in the little mirror. So what I did is he was backing up real straight. I mean, he, he, he's done this a time or two. He's a cowboy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the closing method. That's where you tell them how far they've got. Right? There's no left or right. He's doing it right. So I'm going to do the closing method. Well, I start the closing method at about two and a half feet. And he's coming back. Well, I can't pull my arm out of my vest. And so I'm like, and I panic, right? <laughs> yeah, she, I'm sure it did look like I was having a seizure. So I had to literally reach back and pop my arm out and then come back cool, right? And that old little rubber deal on the back of his trailer just barely kissed that deal. And I mean, it was perfect. And Coy looks at me and goes, y'all did that perfect. We're cowboys. Of course we did it perfect. What cowboys do. But here's the thing. Just like backing up a trailer, that's not a, you don't learn to do that when you have to do it. It's better to go home and practice that. Practice it all the time. There's something else in Christianity that we all know we should be doing. But most people don't do it. They really don't do it. They, they, they know it has to be done. It's going to sound, when I tell you what it is, it's going to sound extremely obvious, and you're going to be like, duh. And if, you, if we play the percentages and we were really honest, probably most of us, didn't say most of you, I said most of us, are probably not doing this at home. And that is reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Most of you are probably not, let, let's talk Christian for a minute. Probably most of you ain't in the Word every day. That, that's what Christians say. Most of us ain't reading the good book every single day. Now, there's a hundred different reasons that, that people say, well, I just don't understand it. I don't have time. And you know that that's all just excuses, right? I mean, it, it is. It's just excuses. If you wanted to, you could. And, and, and be like, well, I could, but I don't understand it, so I'm not going to read it. That's an excuse, too. Uh, my job today is to remove some excuses and to give you a couple of hints that will hopefully reignite that fire. And I know you've probably tried it before. And I know that you've probably tried to read it from cover to cover, and you got to Leviticus and Numbers, and you quit. That's what happens to everybody. You're not alone. You got to the bagats, the bagats, the bagats, and you just be gone, right? I get it. I get it. Okay? 
The first thing that I need to tell you is this. Get you one that you can understand, okay? I am not pro-King James Version. There are some churches out there that you're going to hell if you don't read the King James Version. I am not one of those. That's dumb, okay? I love the King James Version. I don't understand it, but I love it, okay? And unless you are an English Oxford scholar or if you have been reading it since you were a little kid, you probably don't know what it means either. No wonder you don't know what it means. Nobody does. Only God speaks King James, okay? That's it. It is the inspired Word of God. I believe that, but only God knows, okay? Get you one that you can understand. Now, I'm going to tell you what I recommend. I'm not going to check your Bibles at the door, okay? I'm just giving you my personal opinion to hopefully reignite. When I'm saying all of these things, some of it may not apply to you. I'm not asking you to agree with everything. I'm just asking you to listen for the Holy Spirit to guide you. And if there's something that I say today, you might try it, okay? The one that I recommend is the New Living Translation, okay? I just like it. it, it it's just easy to me. Okay, I just like it. There are other modern translations out there, the New International Version, the New Living Translation, even the New King James Version is good. Okay, uh, wh whatever you, I, I, I'm not going to criticize or condone or anything. I'm just telling you my, pers my personal preference is the New Living Translation. Now, a translation means that it was taken from the original text. Okay, it's not a translation of the New, uh, the New King James isn't a translation of the King James. Okay, a translation means they go back to the earliest known text and they translate it right from the Hebrew or Greek. Okay, so anything that has translation on it is taken from the original Greek. The modern translations have more older documents to compare to. Okay, so the more modern, the more accurate. Okay, so anyway, I prefer the New Living Translation, and there is a type of Bible called a study Bible. Now, there's a thousand different study Bibles. The one that I like is called the Life Application Version. The Life Application. It has the text on the top, and for select verses underneath, it gives you a life application. It's not going to tell you what it meant in the Greek or the Hebrew or anything. It's going to tell you how to apply that verse to your life. For the beginner, or even if, you, even if you've been studying it for a long time, you go get you a life application Bible. I think they make it in the New King James, New International Version, and New Living Translation. I don't care which one of those three you get. You will be able to figure out my secret for my sermons. Okay, it's that good. It's all about application, learning how to ride for God. Okay, so there you go. Get you one that you can understand. Okay, it's going to cost you 30 bucks. Okay, you can spend as much as a hundred on a leather bound or something like that. Some, uh, some of you old people may need to get, you know, the size 92 font. You know, your Bible's going to be this thick and this big. I get that. That's cool. That's cool. Get, don't hurt your back. But get you something that you can read. Okay, get you something that you can read. How do you read it, though? How do you read it? I'm going to give you four methods real quick. Okay. Take a pick, try all of them. You know, you, you don't know if you, I always say you got to try something twice because the first time you try it, you've already got a preconceived notion how it's going to work out, right? I don't care what it is. I always say you got to try something twice because first time you've got a preconceived notion. Try all of these twice. See what works for you. You might be amazed that the one that you didn't think you'd like is the one that you like the most, 
Okay? Here's four ways to get you started reading the Bible. The very first uh, method is what I call the trail ride method. Okay? Just open it up, find your trail, and follow it. Okay, it's no different than y'all trail riders. You go out there and, and you're like, let's try this new trail. Open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and ride that trail for, you know, for 20 or 30 minutes. Just see where it takes you. You would be amazed at what you will discover. You don't have to follow the 365-day reading plan or the whatever reading plan. There's a thousand different reading plans, and I'm not criticizing or condoning any of them. But just go out and ride. Okay, and, and, and like I told somebody after the first service, you know, the, the thing about the trail ride is that just because you've ridden a trail in the summer doesn't mean that it's not a different trail in the winter because there's no leaves on the trees and you might be able to see something. So just because you've read 2 Corinthians chapter 7 before in a different time in your life, don't be afraid to go back and ride that same trail again. If you come across something that is curious, beautiful, or even a little scary, be sure and stop and pay attention to that. What I mean is, you know, when you're on a trail ride and you're driving, you're riding along and you see a, a herd of deer, is that what it is? A herd, a gaggle, a, a flock, a congress, I don't know what you call a bunch of deer. But, you know, usually if you see a bunch of deer or something, you stop and look. Some of you shoot them. I don't know what you do. But anyway, you're going to stop and take a look at special things. If you're reading in 2 Corinthians 7 or 1 John chapter 2, and you come across something that just kind of like, hey, did you see that? Stop. Take a minute to, to read before and after that. Play you a little movie in your mind of put yourself in that scene or whatever it is. If you see something beautiful, stop and take a look at it. Listen to the Holy Spirit as he's guiding you. Okay? First method, trail ride method. Man, open that thing up and read. Quit. Don't have any preconceived notions about what you're going to get out of it or anything. And some people say, well, you got to ask God to reveal himself to you. You're reading the Bible. It's all about God. Of course you want him to reveal yourself. And I don't think he's going to, well, you didn't, you didn't ask me to reveal myself to you, so I ain't going to do it. <laughs> he's not going to do that. He wants you to know him. Okay? So pick it up, open it up, read it. Trail ride method. The second method is a topical method. If you're interested in something or you're going through a specific time in your life, man, it, it don't matter if it's, if it's marriage or, or love or being a good neighbor, whatever the case may be, study a topic in the Bible. And look, I, this really blows my mind when people say, hey, what does the Bible say about love? If you type that into Google, it will give you a thousand different websites that will tell you what the Bible has to say about love. Now, I think that that's for information only. Never substitute reading on the internet for reading God's word, okay? You can look through there and it'll say, here's a verse on love, here's a verse on love, here's a verse on love. There's going to be, I mean, the whole book is about love, so that might be a little too broad. But still, you see what I'm saying? Study a topic on the Bible. Know what the Bible says about a certain subject, okay? So, topical. Pick a topic you'd like to learn about and find every passage it deals with it and learn everything the Bible says about it. The third, now this third and fourth are, are my favorites, okay? The third and fourth are my favorites. They're a little more in depth. Do a character study. Go read. You can look it up on the internet. You can say Bible verses that deal with Abraham. 
and it will give you an entire list of Bible passages about Abraham. Go read about the life of Abraham, okay? Know when he was born, where he's from, where he went, where he died, the big events, who he was married to, what's his kiddo's name, what's his nephew's name, where did they go, what did he do for a living? Learn everything about him, and you're not going to be able to do it with one read-through. Take, take a week and just read the life of Abraham until somebody can say, Hey, what do you know about Abraham? Let me tell you what I know about Abraham. Abraham was from the land of Cush, and blah, 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 and his son, well, his firstborn son was Isaac, and, and blah, 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 and he was married to, you know, who I know who she's married to, but that's not the point. Learn about somebody. When you're done with Abraham, go to Moses. Don't, don't, don't worry about trying to understand everything. Just go read about Moses. If, if, if you want a list of people to read about, go to Hebrews, look on the internet, and say, or look in your Bible and find the Hall of Faith. It's a bunch of people's names that are pillars of Christianity or, you know, God. People that lived extraordinary lives. Start with the first one and go through all of them doing character study until you know everything about each of those people. Okay? There's your third thing. Do a character study. And sometimes it's going to be in, in, in several different places. Okay? And the last one is what, you know, we talked about the trail ride method. Just open it up. Go down a trail. Okay? Go down a trail. The second method we talked about was the topical. Find a subject, read about it, learn about it, blah, blah, blah. Third, character study. Study the characters of the Bible, man. And, and there's an endless amount, well, I don't know, endless, but that'll keep you busy the rest of your life, okay? So, you know, th there, there's no excuse. And, and the fourth one is something that I have recently started doing, and I'm absolutely in love with this method. I heard it on the radio. I was... Uh, taking the kids to school, and after I dropped off Jace Ray, I was headed back to the, to the ranch, and, and this, this preacher on the radio said this, and I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now, and I just love it. What you do is you go, and I'm just going to use his example that he used, you go to 1 John. 1 John has about five chapters in it, okay? Five chapters, I believe. And if I'm wrong, it won't be the first time. It has about five chapters in it, and you read those five chapters every single day. Take you about 20, 25 minutes. Just read it. Just read through it, all five chapters, every single day, okay? Do that for a week. Read every one of those chapters for a week. Don't stop. Don't look at anything. You just read through them. Concentrate on what you're reading. Read through it every day. Before long, you will have read all of 1 John seven times. Then go back and see if you can write a one-sentence summary on 1 John chapter 1. A one-sentence summary of 1 John chapter 2, of 1 John chapter 3, 4, and 5. And you will be amazed at you don't think you're learning anything, but if somebody says, hey, you ever read 1 John? You're like, man, yeah, I have. Here's what it's about. And you will be able to tell them about an entire book of the Bible. You don't have to know Greek. You don't have to know Hebrew. And when you get done with 1 John, go to the Gospel of John. It's the same authors. That's where they come up with the John. It's cool. The Bible's not that hard, right? You take John, which has 20 chapters in it. You read the first five chapters 
every day for a week. Go back, write your one-sentence summary of that in a, in a reading journal or whatever on your blackboard. I don't know what you do. Put it on your phone. Send it to somebody in a text message. Get you a, a reading partner and say, both of us are going to do it so we can send our one-sentence summaries to each other. I don't care how you do it. Read the first five chapters on first week, the second week, read the next five chapters, read the next five chapters, read the next five chapters, and before long you've read the entire book of John, and you will be amazed at how somebody says, hey, you know in the Bible where it says, do I know? I can tell you the chapter. You're not a Bible scholar, or are you now? That's why I call it the master study. You're not doing anything but reading something over and over and over. And, and I know if you're like me, your head is hard. It takes a while for that stuff to sink in. Do that with all the books of the Bible. I don't care what you do. But there are some things, guys, that if you've been going here very long, you've heard me say this. If you're brand new, this is the first time. But if you come back, you'll hear me say it again. If you're expecting me to feed you, you're going to starve to death, okay? That's why people leave churches. Well, I just wasn't getting fed there. Well, I ain't going to feed you either. I'll give you a recipe. I'll teach you some ingredients. I'll even tell you where to find it. I'll give you some great ideas, but I ain't going to do your cooking for you. You go home and do your own cooking. You go home. Start reading the Bible. Some tips and tricks, real quick. Tips and tricks. So, and I, and I know there's some of you that's doing this already, but maybe you picked up something that you can use. For those of you that ain't, you know, you're, you're good to pick it up one day a week. Man, God is talking to you right now. Go home, get in the Word, run to Parker or wherever, over to Lone Tree to, to uh, Barnes and Nobles. And, uh, and, and my wife looked up at me when I said that, because I know it's not Nobles, but that's the way I say it, and it makes her mad. But... Go to the bookstore, order it from Amazon, whatever the case may be, right? So, anyway, tips and tricks. First tip, use Google, okay? Google it. If you're not sure of something, Google it. Somebody's probably wrote about it, okay? I've already said that, but don't be afraid. Search for answers. Don't just go, well, I didn't understand that, and throw it away, okay? There's always a way, okay? Uh, number two, you don't have to understand everything. I don't understand everything, okay? I don't understand everything. That's an excuse. If you say, well, I don't understand anything, just keep reading. Just keep going. You need some practice. First time I tried to back a trailer, I like to kill 14 people and three calves, okay? You're not going to kill anybody if you don't understand it. Just keep going, okay? I've already kind of alluded to this. Uh, if this is your thing, I'm not criticizing it, but if you're, if you're not reading the Bible, avoid the... Reading it cover to cover, okay? It's not a novel, okay? Job is right in the middle of the Bible, and it's the, it's the oldest book of the Bible, okay? It was probably the very first one written, okay? Now, I know that, that Genesis covers the creation, but it wasn't written at creation, okay? Job is the oldest one. It's not a novel. It was never meant to be read like a novel, okay? Uh, the next one. Pay special attention to certain things. Keep these in mind as you're reading. I love to underline, highlight, write down whatever your, whatever your fancy is, the Bible's promises. The Bible is filled with the promises of God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I will remember their sins no more. There's some wonderful things packed away in the Bible, and those are big ones that you've heard of. There's thousands that you've probably never heard of. Underline those. If you don't know the promise of God, how do you know what God's promised you? Don't expect somebody just to spoon feed you everything. Man, get in there and burn something, right? Pay special attention to promises. If the Bible says do something this way, mark that down. If he says do it this way, write it down and start doing it that way. You know, Matthew 18, 15 through 19. says if your brother, if your brother offends you, Go to your brother and talk to him. If we did that one thing as the Christian community, life would change for everybody. Right there. I know it's hard, but no, we want to gripe about it on social media and everything. Man, if you're offended by something somebody said, go talk to them. Most of the time, it's a misunderstanding on one part or another. If there's an application, if the Bible says to do something a certain way, underline it, circle it, highlight it, whatever, okay? Uh, if the Bible warns you, if it says, hey, don't do this or this will happen, that's probably important, okay? You don't come up to the, there's a cliff here, road is closed, and not pay attention to the warning sign and just drive off the cliff, but yet we do it all the time because we don't read the good book, okay? Pay special attention to promises, applications of how God says for us to live, and warnings, Okay? The, uh, the last two, get the Bible app. That's what it's called. If you've got one of those smart Alec phones, or as Robert calls it, the pocket phones, and, and, it, and it's got all of that stuff on it, search on your, your app store and get the Bible app. It's free. What's cool about it is it's got every, nearly every Bible known to mankind on there, and it's absolutely free, and it'll read it to you. That's what I do in the mornings whenever we go to school. I plug it in, and I've got a captive audience of two kids, and they have to listen to the Bible while this guy reads it. Hey, you know, and, he's, and it's not a computer voice. It's a real person reading it, and it's free. No excuses, okay? You say, well, I don't like to read. I fall asleep. Well, then let somebody else read it to you and listen. The last thing, and that was called the Bible app. It's hard to remember. I know. If you need it, wrote down, holler at me. I'll write it down for you. It's called the Bible app. Okay, last thing. There's two websites that I use a lot. So if you're one of these internet type people, BibleGateway.com. Love BibleGateway.com. Okay, great place to, to learn. To, it's got some commentaries on the side. So does Biblia.com. B-I-B-L-I-A. Biblia.com. Another great resource for, uh, for learning. And if nothing has struck your fancy now and, and, and you're really wanting to dive into the Bible and, and you're serious about learning and you're willing to put your money where your mouth is, you can get what I have, and it's called Logos or Logos. I don't know how you say it. L-O-G-O-S. It's a Bible app or a Bible software that has more stuff in it than you will ever ever need. It will teach you to read in Greek. It will, you can highlight a word and it will pronounce it in Hebrew for you. I mean, and it's not, you're going to spend some money for it, but if you're serious, you will be overwhelmed if you get that. So anyway, my whole point in this is to impress upon you that hidden thing. You know, uh, I have met very few people that say, 
I just feel lost right now that are in the Word every day. That's usually one of the first things I ask. They say, well, I'm just not really feeling God speak to me. You reading the Bible every day? Well, no. (laughs) Duh. The Bible is God talking to us. Prayer is us talking to God. Right? You want to change your life? Get up 30 minutes earlier. Start your day off in the good book. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not against all the little Bible studies and everything, but nothing will ever take the place of you and God's Word alone. Nothing will ever take the place of that. Learn to feed yourselves. Jesus said that man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word of God. That is the Word of God. Start reading it. Start learning it. And start changing your life. And your entire families. Let's go to him in prayer. God, thank you so much for your, for your word today. God, uh, it, it's one of those things that we just, we neglect. We, we just take it for granted that you're always there, but, but you want to talk to us. In that Bible, we could, we could read the whole thing a thousand times, and still on that, on that next time, you will speak to us something different for a different time in our life. God, it is a magical book. And it is such a disservice that we all do when we don't utilize your very words. God, use my words to encourage people. Let that Holy Spirit speak to the hearts and minds of people right now to say, you know what? I've heard you, God. I've heard you talking to me. And I want to get back into your word. I am going through hard times. I'm going through struggles. I have questions that nobody seems to have the answer to. God, just lead those people and encourage them, speak to them through your word. God, we pray so much for those that are uh, fighting for our country. We, we pray for those that are sick, that those that have lost loved ones, those that are uh, battling uh, ailments and, and circumstances and, and everything. God, we, just, we, we pray for them, and, and we just ask that they give their lives over to you, which is the source of all things. And it is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen.